Hello, friends. This is the Neatarts Friends Church podcast. We are Jesus people, kingdom of God people, welcoming, yearning, sharing. And we're glad you're connecting here with us. We'd love to connect in person as well. If you're inclined to support this podcast or for more information, just hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. That's neatartsfriends.org. Let's jump into today's sermon. Scripture tells us that we participate in the sufferings and the resurrection of Jesus. It says, rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. It says, we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ. It says, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction. It says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. It says, y'all have been raised with Christ. It says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection. So today, we are doing something more than simply reflecting on a story that happened 2,000 years ago. This, if you're listening on the the podcast or on the website, uh, this is more than a sermon. This was our Easter celebration, and it's a guided art project. So you can listen in, that's fine, but if you want the full participation, then you're going to need some props that we did have available at our gathering. Um, We're reflecting on the rock that sealed the tomb of Jesus and how the meaning of that stone changed. And so if you want to participate fully in this experience, you will need a piece of rock and you will need some markers or something that you can mark on that rock with. And the purpose of this art reflection is to give you, yes, a way to process and also something that you can put on a bookshelf or somewhere to remind yourself of some things that you don't want to forget about staying open to the risen Christ in your own life, staying open to God. So let's jump in with the scripture story. Mark 15 37. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had been Jesus' disciples and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. 
it was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? So, you'll begin your art project by dividing your rock into four different equal-sized sections. So you could draw dividing lines. You can use different colors if you like. That's up to you. Each section gets a title. So one of them, the first one is Giving My All. The second one is Blindsided. The third one is Coping. And the last one is Stay Open. So here are the prompts for the first section giving my all. And you can you can start working on it now if you want. But the prompts might help you connect with what this is all about. So giving my all, the three women in the story, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome had done what no women in the first century had done before, which is become disciples. It was unheard of. No rabbi would stand for it. No rabbi except Jesus. Jesus celebrated women becoming disciples. Jesus was willing to eat with anybody, talk with anybody, accepted everybody, treated outsiders like insiders, helped normal people feel capable of an authentic connection with God. He gave dignity to all, helped them become something more, whole. He wasn't afraid of the bullies in society. He didn't bully them back. He wasn't afraid of being contaminated by others. He reached, he touched, he fed, he healed, he listened, he laughed, he told stories, he served, he loved. It was a rare combination of courage and compassion. And so these women poured their lives into discipleship to Jesus. They traveled with Jesus. They contributed their meager financial assets to his costs. They sat at his feet and listened and learned. They were wives and mothers whose lives could have easily been swamped by their patriarchal society, like, get back in the kitchen. But instead, they were over a 100 miles from home. They had become disciples, and they followed the Jesus they loved to Jerusalem, to the spiritual Mecca of their day. And so the question is, where do you find yourself in this part of the story? 
Think back on times in your life when you gave your all. When did you offer your very best to the world and to God? In relationships, in friendships, in your work, school, with loved ones, in volunteering, in your community, with neighbors, with the less fortunate, with your enemies? When were you the most passionate, the most optimistic, ready to break the mold, the most enthusiastic? When were your dreams really flying high? When did it feel like you were open and caring and committed and vulnerable? When did you go out on a limb? When did you take a leap of faith? So take a few moments and write some words or draw some images that capture those experiences. So I'll give you a few minutes to work on that section of your rock. On to our next section, blindsided. Just when Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome were riding high, the unthinkable happened. The powers of religion and empire spewed hatred, abuse, ridicule, rejection, death on Jesus, this man who was the embodiment of goodness and truth and love. And just like that, it was all over. Jesus was stripped naked in front of them. They didn't want to see, but couldn't look away. Nailed, suffocating on a cross. He spent hours there, each breath sheer agony, standing up on those nails through his feet just so he could exhale and keep himself from drowning in his own carbon dioxide. Some people might make it a day, but Jesus had been too badly beaten. Within hours, he was dead, and they witnessed firsthand what the world does to goodness and beauty and love. And with their hearts reeling in shock, Jesus' stiff dead body was lowered from the cross, wrapped up and sealed in a tomb where it would be left for an entire year to decompose and rot. Then family members would return a year later, and they would gather those bones, often the oldest son, but uh, maybe another family member, deposit the bones in a box, 
in the tomb wall. That day, Jesus' tomb was sealed behind a rock. The women disciples sat in stunned silence, opposite the tomb, watching it all happen. It, it all happened so suddenly, so brutally. So where do you find yourself in this part of the story? When did you offer your very best to God and to the world, and the world responded with hatred and abuse and ridicule and rejection and death? When did you pour out your heart and give it your all only to have it all go up in flames? Maybe it was in a parenting situation or a relationship or a work situation, or a vocational situation, a living situation, a health situation, a financial situation? When and how did you get blindsided? Did you give years of your life to someone or something and then it fell apart? Were you open, caring, committed, vulnerable, and you ended up just getting burned? When did your life feel like a series of crucifixions and unmovable stones, when did life feel God-forsaken? Have you el ever felt like you're just watching years of effort disappear down the drain with no return, and you just feel jaded, cynical, hopeless, like you can't even slow down this inevitable loss? So draw or write some words that capture those experiences for you on that part of your rock. I'll give you a few minutes with that. Okay, moving on. Coping. Suddenly there was nothing left for Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome to do. Now there was no one to feed, nobody to contribute their money to, no one to learn from, no one to travel with. It's like it was all just over. In just a few days, Jesus' brutalized body would begin to stink and rot and the only thing they could do was to possibly anoint that dead body with some spices, with some oil to, to stave off the smell temporarily. It was the last thing they would ever offer to Jesus 
But in many ways, they weren't really doing it for Jesus at all. Sometimes you do what you do as an attempt to keep yourself from falling apart. Sometimes you do so you don't have to feel. You soothe yourself however you can. Perhaps it was an attempt at some kind of closure. With the death of Jesus, something died inside of them, too. They weren't thinking about going home and inviting lepers over for dinner. They weren't thinking about going home and throwing a party for tax collectors and prostitutes in the neighborhood, despite the scowls of the religious muckety-mucks. They weren't thinking about going home and loving their enemies, baking cookies for those Roman soldiers who patrolled the city gates or the soldiers who had just crucified Jesus. They weren't ready to find another rabbi, no matter how good. They weren't ready to fund another ministry, no matter how noble. When Jesus' naked body bled out and suffocated out and stopped heaving and trembling, And when Jesus turned gray, something turned gray and dead inside of them, too. The stone in front of the tomb stood as a symbol of their inability to even receive closure. The stone stood as the symbol of their experience of offering their very best to the world. And the world just responded with hatred and abuse, ridicule, rejection death. So where do you find yourself in this part of the story? We all experience the death of all kinds of things. Our passions, our dreams, dreams for others, our workplace, our capabilities, relationships, friendships, for some people marriages, Our plans get turned upside down. All kinds of deaths. And when that death happens, something dies inside of you too. So consider that. What died inside of you when that death happened? Oftentimes, when something dies, we make some futile attempts to feel better. We try to soothe ourselves. We try to avoid the inevitable. We put spices on dead bodies. And so what did you do to try to soothe yourself, to try to feel better? What were your spices on a dead body? So I'll give you a few minutes. Take some time. And if if you're listening on the video or podcast, you might be needing to just pause it so that you can have time to get your reflection, uh, to do your artwork. Thank you.
All right, our final section. Stay open. Mark 16, verse 2. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, He's going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now, many of us have lived through things that brought our lives to a screeching halt. So we remember the day that everything changed. You might actually remember the date that everything changed. But just because your world comes to a screeching halt doesn't mean the world comes to a screeching halt. Life moves on. The world moves on. The morning after Jesus died, children woke up and played the same games they'd played the day before, and families hurried off to the synagogue to worship, and there were still children to be fed and cows to be milked and sheep to be shorn, and life moves on. The women showed up at the tomb looking for the dead body of Jesus, but the Easter message was don't be afraid The very much alive Jesus will come and find you back in Galilee. And that is a terrifying message. And it caused the women to experience extreme fear, avoidance, running away. They didn't breathe a word of it to anyone. When you've been open and caring, committed, vulnerable, sacrificial, and then your vulnerability gets trampled on, how hard is it to be vulnerable again? Life moves on. People move on. But often they move on in such a way that they have all their defenses up. All their walls are up. When your life comes to a screeching halt, it might pause for a while. But eventually it starts moving again. Eventually we all go back to our Galilee. We go back to work, to school, routines, community, obligations, tasks to be done, things to take care of. And yeah, the relationships may not be the same, but we get back into the flow of life. Things might change drastically, but life moves on. We go back, and the most terrifying part of moving on isn't facing our trauma, our grief, our loss. It's not the image of Jesus suffocating to death on a cross. Even more terrifying than the image of Jesus' dead body rotting was the image of Jesus possibly showing up, someday surprising them in the middle of their coping and survival. Jesus coming to find them again, saying once again, follow me. It's the possibility of once again being invited to sit at Jesus' feet, 
and contribute your money and your time and your energy and love your neighbors and your enemies and become vulnerable and let your heart be transformed. You say, that's scarier than a crucifixion? Well, let me see if I can explain it using a personal example. So consider these two images. Uh, One of them would come from last October. I cut the end of my finger off while using a table saw remodeling our kitchen. And that's my trauma picture. It's my own little crucifixion image. It's very vivid in my mind, this image of a messed up finger in the emergency room. The other image is a beautiful image. Uh, I'm on a spring break service trip. I'm in Paradise, California, where I just was. We're working on putting up trim, installing flooring, and... There are cuts with a table saw that need to be made on the trim, rip rip the trim, cut it down in some places, or uh, use the table saw on some flooring to make it fit. And it's good and beautiful work. Now, which of those two images do you think feels more terrifying to me? Is it that bloody image of my cut finger? Or is it the image of a perfectly good table saw? and an opportunity to use it to help people in need? Well, I'll tell you the answer. The answer is I feel way more terrified by the second image. I don't want to run that saw again after what I went through. And I suspect that it's not just me, and it's not just the table saw. I suspect that at some level, it's how you feel about camp now, or marriage now, or friendship now, or finding a church that fits you, or a job that fits you, or parenting, or finding a life partner, or volunteering, or opening yourself again, being vulnerable with others, loving again, being a good neighbor, loving your enemies, on and on and on. It's easier to hold your own God-forsaken experiences all alone and just try to cope than to open yourself up to the possibility that the God who likes to surprise us might show up with some good and beautiful ways to engage this world and might invite you to engage this messy world in new ways that still feel vulnerable and open and committed and sacrificial. What if God shows up in some unexpected way and surprises you and invites you to take a leap of faith and to love deeper in a new and different way and break the mold again and give of yourself again and trust again? That feels terrifying. We tend to project the past onto the future. Like, what if it all just happens again? I don't want to face that again. And so we run away and we clam up and we don't say anything about it to anyone. The angel told the women, don't be afraid. God's going to find you in Galilee. So for this final step, this art step, I want to ask you to find a different place in the story. What are the angel words that you need to hear in your own life and not forget that Words that will keep you from just living with a closed-off heart, an ashamed heart, a self-protective heart. No one's ever going to hurt me again. 
what is it that you need to hear from God? The angel is speaking for God. Don't be afraid of what? What is it? What words do you need to hear, not just today, but each and every day, so that you can live expecting God might surprise you. God might show up. So take some time listening. What are the angel words? And write those words. Draw the image that you need. Take some time with that. All right, wrapping up, just like the meaning of the stone that sealed Jesus' tomb changed, the meaning of your experiences can change too. So I want to invite you to take this rock that you've been working on and put it somewhere where it will remind you to not run away, to not clam up, not avoid but to stay open and expectant and vulnerable each and every day. How might God, the risen Christ, show up today and surprise you in ways that are more mysterious and deeper than you can even understand? Your life is a participation in the sufferings and the resurrection of Jesus. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection. Amen. Thank you for joining us for a Sunday sermon from Neatart's Friends Church. We hope you'll join us soon for one of our in-person worship gatherings. For more information, hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. God's peace be with you, friends.